Hello guys and welcome to the La Fantasista podcast. This is your host, DT speaking. Those are my initials, I will be referring to myself with them. And just a little bit of an intro about me, I'm a 19 year old, I live in California, and just like you guys listening, I share a passion for the beautiful game. My favorite position in football is the number 10 position because I love creativity, I love players who can see the game through a different lens, and hence the name La Fantasista because that means the creative player in Italian. So I will be adding a lot of segments and hosting a variety of different guests on this podcast as the time goes on. However, for the first week, I feel that we should just dive straight into the topic and cover the crazy weekend of football that took place in Europe. And I don't think there's a better place to start, actually, than the German League, because all of Bayern's opponents slipped up this weekend. It started on Friday night when Leverkusen dropped all three points away to Union Berlin, who are a team on the rise, really. They got promoted after a great 18-19 campaign in the second Bundesliga, and despite struggling a bit last season, and they didn't really spend a lot of money in the summer either, they are doing a really, really good job this year. They're tied for fourth, and no one would really expect this of them. They are really, really solid this season. Um, as well as Leverkusen, though, who were top just three game weeks ago and now have lost their subsequent three games. Leipzig also dropped points away to Wolfsburg. Wolfsburg are also a team that have been really strong, and Leipzig just couldn't find a winner in that game. They were actually pretty lucky to tie the game. And Dortmund were the most embarrassing of all of them because they were playing bottom-placed Mainz, and they lost they didn't lose, but it probably feels like a loss to them, uh, due to a Marco Royce penalty miss. It was awful. It was terrible. It was off target. I mean, just everything you don't want in a penalty. It was like with 10 minutes remaining as well. So Royce really had to be scoring that as the team captain. Uh, and Bayern took advantage of it. They beat Freiburg at home 2-1. Although they were very lucky to win that game. Uh, Freiburg on the very, very last minute with the score at 2-1. The guy gets the ball with the six yards to go. I think the striker's name is Peterson. And he hits the crossbar from six yards. He hits it so hard that the snow just starts falling off of it. But Bayern escaped that game with all the points. But another important game in Germany this weekend was Frankfurt versus Schalke. Schalke finally got their first win of the season due to a Matthew Hopp hat-trick, which actually Matthew uh, was raised in the same city that I was raised in, California. And Frankfurt are a team that had won their last three games in a row. So it was two teams who definitely had a lot of hope. And with the score tied at 1-1, Real Madrid Loney Luka Jovic gets subbed on. You know, he had a pretty bad one and a half years, never really got the chance to play, only scored two goals. Had a lot of injury issues, but here comes on the 62nd minute, scores a brace to win them the game. I mean, it was just a dream debut. It was fantastic to see him, honestly, as a Real Madrid fan because the confidence he had in taking those shots, you could just sense that this guy is happy, this guy is confident, and really, I really hope that this is the player that we get back at Real Madrid because he can really be a star. Um, moving on to Italy, Napoli crushing defeat of Fiorentina 6-0. 
Fiorentina were sort of recovering their form and moving up the table, but Napoli just were irresistible on the night. And it's honestly unexpected because Napoli didn't really make a lot of signings. They have the same team as last year, really. Uh, they left out Milik from the squad, who people would argue is their best striker. Ossiman's been injured the whole season. However, they have been an amazing attacking force. They've scored 40 league goals in 17 games. And no one really expected this because Gattuso is not a very attacking-minded manager, at least judging from his spell at AC Milan. But he is really showing some great, great organization going forward and at the back too. They have been defending very well. And they're only six points off the top spot with a game in hand. But their opponents for that game in hand, Juventus, don't really share the same fortunes in this game week because they lost 2-0 away to Inter. Uh, they didn't really stand a chance, to be honest with you guys. Um, Inter could have been 4-5-0. Lautaro and Lukaku missing two big chances. But the star of the night was really Nicolo Barella. Uh, what a fantastic player. I mean, the first goal, he sets it up, beautiful assist. Uh, but the second one, you have to give a lot of credit to Bastoni, who progresses the ball really, really well, then sends the ball 60 yards over the top, just beautiful straight into the feet of Barella. And Barella takes it into the box, blasts it into the upper corner. And yeah, Inter are tied on points for the top spot with Milan, who do have a game in hand tomorrow. But, yeah, things are looking really good for Conte, but for Pirlo, not so much. Moving on from Italy, I think it was a really, really important weekend in England. Um, to begin with, on Saturday morning, uh, Wolves continue their decline, really. I think they were probably robbed in this game a little bit because they, sh they should have had a penalty. The first penalty that West Brom earned was outside the box. Uh, and they were really unlucky generally, but a lot of Wolves fans are turning on Nuno, and there are a few reasons to see why, but I'm more on the side of I feel bad for him because he's having to deal with so many injuries, and that is obviously a very difficult thing. He doesn't have a deep squad, which some people say is his fault, but overall I feel that they should have won the game, but really important points for Allardyce. Elsewhere, Brighton beating Leeds. Leeds fans must be fuming because after hyping up Bielsa so much, they were really outplayed by Brighton and it was an important game for Brighton, really important win to get away from uh, the relegation zone. And for Leeds, they keep falling behind the top 10, so not going to be good and I don't think they really deserve to win on the night. West Ham, on the other hand, are continuing an amazing run of form. Uh, West Ham this season, after they finished 16th last year, no one was really expecting anything of them, to be honest. But they have been in a really, really good run after, I think, they lost their first two games. And they are not, maybe not the most entertaining team to watch, but they're just a solid Premier League team, capable of beating most teams around. And they're very good to have on Fantasy Premier League because, let me tell you, I had Cresswell, I had Ogbonna, I had Kufal, I had Fabianski and Bowen all in Fantasy or just normal uh, draft, and I benefited a lot from that. Uh, then Chelsea beat Fulham 
to be honest, I do think they were pretty lucky. Uh, Ivan Cavalero, <laughs> bro, um, hang your head in shame, hang your head in shame, that, that miss in the first half, oh my god, it was a brilliant attack, like, free-flowing champagne football from Fulham, and Ivan Cavalero hits his own foot, a professional footballer hits his own foot from, like, eight yards out at best, it was just embarrassing, and Pretty soon after that, Anthony Robinson gets sent off, who was having a brilliant game. He was roasting Aspilicueta all game long. But unfortunately for him, the tackle was definitely a red card. So Fulham had to defend the second half with 10 men. And unfortunately for Fulham fans and for a lot of other fans like me, because I'm not a big fan of Chelsea, uh, Mount got the winner. It was a good goal. Uh... Elsewhere, Leicester got a really, really important win at home to Southampton. Very on the edge of your seat type thing. Southampton didn't necessarily create a lot of chances, but they were definitely putting the pressure on. But Harvey Barnes scored very, very late on to make it 2-0. And it's an important victory for Leicester because after some of Saturday's results, uh, they're now in second in the league. Uh, sorry, third in the league. But... They are above Liverpool, they're above Spurs, and they're having a fantastic, fantastic season. Um, then on Sunday, speaking of Spurs and Liverpool, Spurs won 3-1. Really, no one was predicting anything else playing against Sheffield. Liverpool versus United now, I think Klopp should be embarrassed of this one. I think this was the place for him to come down, put his foot down, and stamp his authority. Be like, this is my league. Instead, Man United definitely should have won the game, had the two best, best chances of the game. Uh, although they didn't have the man of the match on the night, kind of weird, because Thiago Alcantara, just a world-class player. World-class, there's no other way to describe him. He is amazing. That guy is so good. He had like seven interceptions, three key passes, three out of three tackles, five out of five dribbles. I mean, the performance he put in was just out of this world. But Bruno and Pogba definitely had the biggest chances. Shaw also didn't play that poorly. But, you know, Bruno blanks again in a big game. Martial blanks again generally. Two goals, and it's the middle of January. I mean, just an embarrassing season. Uh, but I think Ollie will walk away the happier manager. And the happiest manager of them all right now must be Pep Guardiola. Because Stones and Diaz think they are Berezi and Maldini at the moment because what these guys are doing is unbelievable. Stones turned into a world-class finisher on the night, scoring two goals. Uh, Diaz took the shot for his second goal that deflected back to Stones, uh, but their defending is really just unbelievable at this moment. They didn't allow Crystal Palace to have a single shot on target. They had only two off-target uh, City just dominated the game. I mean, it was a foregone conclusion when the second goal flew in. And it was deserved. They're 1-4-0. And I think they're really throwing their name in the hat and saying, look, we're going to win the league because we all know defense is the thing that wins you leagues. And City haven't really had a solid defense before. But players like Gundogan in the side, KDB's insane work rate, Foden playing so much, Cancelo playing amazing. I, I really think that City are a very strong contender.
now moving on from the Premier League, uh, the only other real big game of the weekend was the Super Cup final in Spain. Uh, Barcelona losing 3-2 to Athletic Bilbao honestly could have been more. Uh, in full time, Barcelona might have deserved the win, you could argue that, but in extra time, Athletic really, really just took the game to them and should have probably put more in the back of the net, but Iñaki Williams is absolute peach of a goal. It was brilliant. There was no chance of anyone stopping that from going in. Uh, secured the win for Athletic, and Marcelino, three games after taking charge at the new club, has won them a trophy after beating Real Madrid and Barcelona. So, really, really good start for him. And off the back of that, I got a question from my favorite Twitter user, one of my one of the nicest guys you will find on Twitter. Uh, his name is VIP Arsenal. That's his tag. Make sure to follow him. And he asks, where do Barca go without Messi next year? And honestly, it is a very difficult question to answer because it's like, what do you do without your best player in history? But I think that Barcelona's best bet to be sustainable in any way is to take off the wages and not reinvest it in anyone over like the age of 23. Barcelona at the moment need to go with a youth model. I think they'll probably get Memphis Depay through the door, which is a great signing. But besides that, to be sustainable in the long run, because they, they're in so much debt. Messi's wages going off is definitely going to be helpful. If they try to re-sign him, that'll just be a suicide note, to be honest. But I think without Messi next year, Barcelona need to settle for mediocrity. It does sound like a weird answer, but losing your best player ever is obviously going to take you down a few levels and I think Barcelona need to accept that in the short term because of their financial situation and I think in the long run they need to start investing in players the ideal player would be Jaden Sancho I mean 33 goal contributions last season and like 31 games uh honestly out of this world those numbers but he's gonna be really expensive to get same with Callum Hudson-Odoi another English player um, I think two players that they could really target and could probably get for under $50 million is Noni Madueke at PSV. He's 18 years old, Englishman, left Spurs Academy. He is fantastic this season. Um, and I think they should snap him up before his price goes up too, too much more. And Pedro Neto is the other one because Pedro Neto could be a real, real star. And although I wouldn't want to see Barcelona having him, I do think that Players like him are the best to invest in. He's direct, he's young, he's already contributing at a high level, and he can only improve. So Barcelona are just going to have to settle with a little bit of mediocrity. Uh, VIP Arsenal asked another question, asking me who my favorites are to win each of the Europe's top five leagues. Uh, I'll try to keep this brief. I think in Ligue 1, because of... Pochettino taking over and Neymar returning from injury. I think PSG have just enough to win it, but I really like the title race between them, Lyon, and Lille. Uh, in Bundesliga, it is an open door because of Bayern's inconsistencies, but if I had to put money on it, I think Bayern will win it. In Serie A, uh, although Inter might seem like the stronger candidates, unlike most people, I do actually believe that AC Milan have the depth to win it. I think they have been doing really well in the absence of Ibrahimovic, who has been on scintillating form. 
despite being 40 years old. And I do think that with PLD's system, which requires quite a lot of energy, but they have a lot of components that they can substitute in without losing much quality versus with Inter, I don't think that's the same necessarily. I think a loss of Hakimi, loss of Lukaku for a few weeks, Barella especially, I think that could really harm them. So I think Milan will win Serie A. Uh, La Liga is probably the most boring one. I think Atletico have ran away with it already at this point. And the Premier League, it's it's very tight. It's tighter than it has been in such a long time. I mean, teams like even Aston Villa, if they can win their games in hand, could be competing for it. Everton, Spurs, Liverpool, United, there are so many teams. But as I said earlier, I think Manchester City are going to be the league winners. I think their defense is really good. And a little segue into our next sec- section, I think KDB is just the star player. Along with Kane, he is the best player in the league, and he is just fantastic. And due to that reason, and due to his beautiful outside-of-the-foot assist, he is the Fantasista of the Week. The Fantasista of the Week is like a little section of this podcast where I mention my favorite creative player or creative moment over a certain set of games, and that outside-of-the-boot cross was just way too beautiful to not win this award. I'm sure he'll be back in this section many, many times, just as Phil Foden, his teammate, will be. Uh, But yeah, that's it. That's all I have for you guys today. I really hope you enjoyed listening. And please, please, please leave any feedback. And if you'd like to get featured or have questions answered on next week's podcast, uh, please just hit me up on the DM. My Twitter username is at DTsFootballOp. So yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Hope you stay safe and have a great day.